Loinlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet or anywhere. I'm your host, Megan. And for one final week for the rest, possibly, of my life, I am your host, Joe. Because it's finale day. Yeah, it's not for the rest of your life, though, because... Why? They are currently filming season seven. What? So, you know this. Nobody told me that. I showed you a picture, remember? I thought it, I thought and you it was got fake. E- and you got excited. I thought our Be- graphic artist, our official graphic artist mocked that up. That, that was fake, right? They're not making another season. They are absolutely... They have actually oh, finished the first block of season seven. Oh, my God. So, therefore, this is not your final Loinlander podcast mm-hmm. because okay. well, they're coming back so- and hopefully soon. We'll see. So we're here today to talk about episode 608, entitled I Am Not Alone. It was written by my least fave guy, Lucas Schnellhaz, and it's the same director as the last episode, which was called Sticks and Stones. His name's Jamie Payne, and it seems like he is a favorite because this is the second season finale that he has directed. Oh, well, alrighty then. Um, now, on that note, something very interesting about this episode is that they didn't know it wasn't going to be the finale. Yeah, you told me this after I'd watched it, and I actually thought that was that was interesting. Um, it probably shouldn't have been. <laughs> like, this probably should have been episode four, maybe, or three. Yeah. Uh, I would have taken two. Um, y- yeah, like, it was... So, so far, what we needed, what was the very, I don't remember the first episode of this season, but I feel oh, like God, it was no. okay. Was it okay, maybe? Or was I mean, it... you, who are you talking to? But there was that decent episode in the middle. The episode, middle. The, the, so uh, we needed that one. The, a redhead goes to war or whatever that one was called. Right. That's so we needed that. Yeah. And then we, I thought this one. And was... I thought it was picking up. And yeah. then, and then they took a poop all over it. But if they had maybe one episode you know, just Life on the Prairies, Tom Christie, Malva Allen Christie introduction. And then the second episode could have been the John Gray, Joe Cast episode. This could have been the third episode. Then we would have had five more episodes to Maybe. tell a story. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it, it's just, it's, it's again disappointing when I hear that because so little, so, so little of importance happened in this season that they very easily could have cut out all this crap the good guy roger i'm gonna be a priest drinking game all of it like just like the the fergus's alcoholism oh i forgot about fergus's alcohol arc what about okay but you would have kept in the baby out all that kind of stuff you would have kept in lizzie's threesome story is that a joke yeah yeah it's a good one (laughs) So I read an interview with Katrina Balfe and Sam Hewen, yeah, and they that. asked them both directly, mm-hmm. when did you know that this would be the finale? And Katrina responded, it was quite late, wasn't it, Sam? The original plan for this season was always 12 episodes. Obviously, COVID made it slightly difficult, and I made it slightly difficult. There was going to be a point where I just wouldn't be able to shoot anymore because of her pregnancy, obviously. Instead of writing Claire out of a few episodes, they decided instead to stop at a certain point and then tack whatever episodes we didn't do onto this season that we're shooting now. But that decision wasn't made probably until halfway through the shooting. I don't think they expected her to get as big as she got. Yeah, probably. Because you you flagged almost immediately that this must have been shot very early. Like, this may have been the first episode they shot. But then, you know what? I was thinking that set... And we'll talk about the set in a second, but I don't think it could have been the first one that they shot because they destroyed the set. Can always make another set. I guess. So then Sam Human said, there was a point where we were going to break for a bit and come back and continued and continue after you'd given birth, which would have been interesting for you. And she said, I think they were like, you can come back after eight weeks, right? And I said, uh, maybe not. Yeah. So there's a few things that I find interesting here. Number one, that they actually contemplated doing four episodes without her after she gave birth. Although I guess it would have been like interspersed, right? Because they shot this totally out of order. Right. But the fact that they didn't do that means that they know they need Katrina Balfe in these episodes in order to make it work. They They need Katrina Balfe in every episode ever. Right. It's so interesting that you called her Katrina, by the way. Because we always... For the the loin 
listeners out there, we always just refer to her as Balfi. Balfi, yeah. That's what we call her in, in regular conversation. Yeah. She's just Balfi to us. Yeah. So I've never This is actually... my professional podcasting that's conversation, right. yeah, she, though. She must so... be Katrina. Right. Mademoiselle Balf. But there were some episodes in season four where they eliminated both uh, Balfi and Sam. Right. And they were awful. The other actors can't carry it. You need these two actors. None of them can carry two it. Actors. No. Not, none of the, the, the secondary leads, no. Um, so yeah, a couple things interesting. First of all, that they wanted her to come back after eight weeks and she said no and they it like shut everything down. So she's the boss, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. Um, she should be. And that they were smart enough to be like, let's just cut it. Yeah. So then I guess that would have been in editing that they just made it the finale. Right? How do you mean? Like they shot it not knowing it was going to be the finale. Right. But then they would have edited it differently to make it. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I mean, they it, it does end in sort of a cliffhangery fashion, right? So, mm-hmm. so then they asked Meryl Davis when the decision was made, and she also confirmed that season six was originally supposed to be twelve episodes, but a few episodes in, she says we realized with COVID and everything else that we couldn't do the season we had imagined, and I think that says quite a bit. Because I don't think they did the season that you imagined either, Joe. I mean, no, <laughs> they certainly did not. But yeah, I don't know if they went in and just wrote in a bunch of BS storylines so that Katrina Balf didn't have to be on camera a lot, or I don't really understand. I, yeah. And I, she said, so we scrambled to figure out where we were going to end the season. That to me tells me that they shot a bunch of stuff. And then they were scrambling. So the messiness, I think, shows in this season. It was a very messy season, yes. Um, um, top to tail. But that is an interesting quote from Meryl Davis, who, if you don't know, is one of the showrunners. Yeah, and also I call bullshit on the oh. fact that the season had to be um, cut because of COVID. It's like, no, it didn't. You guys were all in a bubble. Yeah. You were all vaccinated and you were shooting. Like, let's just call this what it is. Your lead actress mm-hmm. was eight months pregnant right and you couldn't fake it anymore yeah do you agree that they're just saying because of covid we had i mean it's an easy it's an easy unless they all got covid maybe that's why maybe that's it maybe maybe a bunch of them got covid and that's why they keep being like because of covid we had to stop no it's i mean people are getting it okay let's delve into this episode there's an episode to talk about which wasn't a bad episode i will say despite that preamble about how it wasn't anticipated and it was a scramble. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, if we're, if just this season is the sort of the litmus test of a good episode or a bad episode, this is probably, this was, I would say the second best episode of the season. I think so too. Um, and there were still, don't worry, there were still things in there that I thought were dumb and pissed me off, but, um, largely this was good simply because stuff happened. Mm Mm-hmm. You there know, was and action. It, and it happened to Jamie and Claire, which as we've now learned, they're the only people that seem to be able to carry be a able story. To carry things that happen. Right. So the title shot, it started out for me very exciting. And I think for you too, the title shot was a diner and there was cheeseburgers and fries and of course, Claire's hands. And right. you were excited about that too. You were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. As it turns out, it was all for naught. But um, yeah, it, it was, I like that they shot one simple flashbacky scene um i I actually appreciate that they did that because it you know at least they they put some real thought and effort and production into that yeah i liked it too so then the episode picks up exactly where it left off with mr brown saying i'm here to get your wife jamie saying go away claire turns around and says to mrs bug go get help yeah and jamie's making eye contact with the beardsleys and or with one of them yeah and Lizzie. Left Beardsley. Right. Or front Beardsley. And Lizzie maybe? turns and runs. Yeah. So one thing that I did like is that they sent their people for help and they are literally their only hope. Mrs. Bug ran one way. Right. And Lizzie, I think later, Jamie's like, she ran east. It's like, well, what's that? <laughs> like, yeah, she's pregnant and she's on foot. <laughs> Doesn't look that pregnant. She can still go. So then the shootout begins. Yeah. Well, actually, it starts with Claire shooting that young guy. She fools him. She has one gun and says, okay, I'll get rid of it. And then she takes out a smaller gun and shoots him in the stomach. That's right. And then she, they're beating up Jay Frey and she comes out and she starts blasting. Yeah. Yeah. Like so much for do no harm. 
Yeah, no, no. One episode later, she's a stone cold killer. It's been it's been a rough time for Claire though. Yeah. There's she's been through a lot, and she is not here. She's not for here this. for this. Yeah, she's <laughs> not here for any of this shit. Yeah. They little... somehow, and I don't remember how, but they somehow, I guess Claire's like shooting at them and Jamie's punching them and then he just runs back into the house and they close all the doors. You were annoyed because he was like slowly locking the glass Yeah, door. he's like, <laughs> like, why are you closing and locking this door that's obviously made out of glass? Mm-hmm. That's not stopping anyone. Right. Like... And he says, we need more guns. And he runs downstairs and you said, turns out Jamie has a shit ton of guns because he, he really did have yeah, a lot. It's like it reminded me, I'm sure you've never seen the movie, but there's a movie that I loved from the 80s called Commando, which was with Arnold Schwarzenegger, where he's like, he's supposed to be just this regular dude. And then he goes into his garden shed and punches a code and like opens it up and there's all these machine guns and stuff like that. Is this with Alyssa Milano? It is with Alyssa Milano. So Thank I you very much. I actually saw that a number of times. It, Thank you very much. It was one of my favorite movies growing up. But anyway, Me too. I felt like this was probably an unintentional homage to Commando and I, I appreciated that. A hundred percent don't think it was, but I'm glad that you... In my heart it was. Found a correlation I there. find a way to make things bearable. So the shootout begins... And you said that big, beautiful house shot to shit, which is exactly what was happening. Yeah, they shot the hell out of that house, for sure. Which is why it makes me think they didn't... Because Meryl Davis was saying it's always a shame in TV production, especially in Outlander, more so than other shows. She's bragging, but I agree with her. Mm. Where we put up these amazing sets and then they go away very quickly. When you go back to the earlier seasons with the Great Hall of Leoc, those sets are gone. And it's a tragedy of Outlander in some ways that we're a traveling show because some of these beautiful sets that our production designer has made are gone in a heartbeat. Yeah. No, I mean, now that said, like, I highly doubt they were firing real bullets at that house. Like a lot of it was... They were destroying the house. Yeah, but that's all just special effects, right? Like there's not, they're not actually, there's not like 12 guys outside of a house just riddling it with bullets that's that that doesn't happen right unless you're Alf baldwin uh, but it's interesting she was saying that that house is actually a house in the middle of like they've rented out the land right that house is actually built and she said i'm sure mike gunn who is our production designer right now maybe wept a few tears about that scene yeah and then she said but we'll see what happens to the house as we move forward Mm. which means they're not done with that they're not done with that house so the shooting continues and uh, Brown says to Jamie, he can see Jamie in the window and he says, I want that murderous witch of yours. How many times does Jamie have to hear people calling his wife? A quite wife? a few, quite a few over the seasons. It's been a number of times. She does do a lot of witchy things in, in other people's defense. But um, and like if they told her the truth, then like she's even the funny part is, is like everyone calls her a witch, but she's actually technically a lot witchier than people even realize oh because she's a time traveler yeah she's like a yeah time traveler so yeah she she might actually be a witch sam hewan and katrina balf are so good in this scene he's shooting and then handing her the empty rifle yeah and she's loading him up like they're a team no this is this is a this is a scene that had a lot of what i would call physical chemistry Mm -hmm. like where they you could tell these are two people that are just comfortable being around each other all the time like they acted like a team they acted like a husband and wife team that's right and and it's like that's harder to do than than people realize like they looked like two people working together to try and shoot the shit out of some (laughs) stupid hat assholes in their front yard um which by the way they didn't hit any of them uh, you, you would think that Claire did. Who did Claire? Did Claire hit one of them? Yep. Oh, when one of them was dumb enough to like step out in front, she like put her gun on the chair and lined it up and stuff like that. Yeah. I forgot about that. Where was Bree? Where's like sniper Bree? That's so funny. Oh, I'm actually... sorry. She's going to preschool with Roger. My mistake. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. And it's funny because then right in the middle of that amazing, like you said, like that chemistry shot of the two of them, like right. working together, we have Bree and Roger <sighs> preschool camp trotting along trotting along on the buggy um it's like this is like just classic classic outlander it's like two steps forward or one step forward two steps back or whatever like you set up all this tension and then you just go to the most deflating boring ass storyline in the world and actors and, well, well sorry and actors richard too. rankin is not but when he's up against oh. 
but but still whatever like nobody i don't care who it was like nobody wants to see two people just on like a wagon ride in the forest <laughs> after watching like commando yeah. like colonial commando yeah right like nobody i don't care oh let me guess roger's still gonna be a priest like i don't give a shit we know like like why would you give us that as our as our there's in tv shows in all tv shows there's an a plot and a b plot and uh, sometimes a c plot as well so our a storyline is obviously um colonial commando and our (laughs) turn which turns into like uh you know shitty road trip and then um there's roger and brianna who are on as it turns out shittier road trip but for completely different reasons and it's like super boring like why would you i don't understand why you would make that the b storyline like it is so deflating every time we have these like really tense moments to then go to this other like just useless garbage see and i wonder if that's part of the scramble that meryl davis was talking about like that is, was maybe shot at a totally different time. It was completely it separate. They might be like, we don't have a B story for this episode. So we're, but like in TV shows and stuff, like you have to cut away. You have to, there's always going to be two storylines. Every time you watch, they're cutting away back and forth. So they need another story to cut away to. And that might be exactly what happened. Maybe they just, because this got shoehorned into being the finale, uh, maybe they're just like, well, we got this other storyline in the can and that's what we're going to cut away to. Right, because it was leading. Nobody cares. It was leading to the big reveal that we'll get to later. Right. Dun, dun, dun. So after we get that Roger Bree B storyline, as you mentioned, then we're back to our mains, uh, and it's getting dark out, and you can see Claire and Jamie, and you were annoyed when we went back to them that they were still on their own. You were like, "Wait, it's yeah, still it's like, just it's the get, two of them?" Yeah, I couldn't. This is where. Yeah, I mean, this was where I started to get annoyed. You, got, you were the, starting to get frustrated. You were Roger like, where did Lizzie you. go? Where's Mrs. Bug? Right, it's like, this is, the irony of this episode is that it's called, what is it? I'm not alone. I am not alone. Which is ridiculous, because they are obviously very, very alone. Like, it's it was infuriating this for me for this entire thing, because this is what they've done this season, where they've just taken a lot of things that they've established with these characters and thrown them out the window. It's like Jamie and Claire are landowners of like 10,000 acres of land. Mm-hmm. They oversee like tons of people and like tons of land. They're obviously very wealthy. They're connected out the ass. You know, it's in like in a lot of different ways you right. pointed out. We'll get I actually wrote down some of your thoughts later on cuz because um your frustration continued to elevate That's as right. we went on. But this and is when it, it began. Did, as, as it does. So, this is where it yeah. began. Because you were like, but, where did Lizzie go and where's right. Mrs. Buck? So we'll pick up with that later. So, but, but that's where this began. Yeah, because, and Claire, or yeah, Claire asks Jamie sort of the same thing. And he turns and says, if they're not here yet, they're not coming. Yeah. And, uh, and then they But talk- I, think, I think Jamie thought they got captured. That's what I thought. Oh. Because where, obviously they didn't, you know, anyway, we'll get to that. Like, I assumed he thought they got captured. And then they, the two of them start talking about the fact that they're, they think that they're going to try and fire them out. Like, once mm-hmm. it gets pitch black. And Claire's like, is this when we die? Because you may recall that they know that they die in a fire, allegedly. Um, and she's like, oh, but that the date's wrong. It can't be tonight. And Jamie's like, sometimes printers <laughs> do a shitty job. I was a printer for quite a while, and I didn't do a very good job. Yeah, he's like, it so could be tonight trust for me, sure. <laughs> it could. They, printers kind of suck, so don't worry about it. Yeah. Also, you might die. It's a good scene. I mean, he's like, is there water? And she's like, yeah. Like they are in not a good situation. I like when he's he gets a little little like uh, patriarchy there, where he's like, well, do you think that food's still good? She's like, maybe? He's like, well, chop, chop and get some food. No, he doesn't. He's like, no, not at all. He's like, is there going to be glass in it, do you think? Like, how much glass is in it? But she she just found it funny that he was like, you want Yeah, she's like, how can you eat right now? Well, Jamie got to eat. Cut to Bree and Roger in the tent. And you said, in this situation, how am I supposed to give one shit about Roger and Brianna's camping adventure? As it turns out, I gave no shits about it. And then they had awkward tent sex. I didn't, it wasn't awkward. It wasn't, I didn't think it was that bad. It was awkward to me because it was really bright. Like what was going on in that tent that it was so How many candles did they have? How many candles can one tent have without burning down? Like it was like, 
Like it was obviously nighttime, and but they were in like the world's brightest, well lit, furry tent. Before, I don't need to see that much back hair. Before it's and also chest hair. Before they have sex, they recap their courtship, and they are going through that same horrible weekend where mm. Roger called Brianna a whore. Right. Which thank you, Lucas Schnellhaus. He wrote that episode because she wanted to have sex but not get married. Right. And he that happened. Yeah. And then he and then they broke up. So they talk about that, but they try and like twist it and like, how he's ah, like, ah, I pursued you through time. Yeah. And it's like, if that's how we're going to look at how you wrote that character, yeah. then OK. You you will notice, though, sorry to cut mm -hmm. you off there. A lot of these good guy Roger redemption arc moments mm -hmm. have also been written by Luke. I've, oh, I've noticed. So I think they were like, you got us into this mess. You get us out of it. Shall yeah. Us? What I might have done, were I in Ooh, charge, yeah. and I should have been, would be to get a different fucking writer oh. and to have him read some, uh, not that I'm like a major reader, but I've read the first <laughs> yeah. four books. I've read enough of the right. books to know that how they represented that character was mm -hmm. inaccurate and they had the benefit of having Richard Rankin play him. Like, how many advantages... Do you I, need? I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, I haven't said this yet, but I was thinking about it the other day, that in a show like this, in a time like we live in now, um, you know, with so many, where there's supposed to be so many strong female characters and, and like empathetic dudes, I am really surprised that there are not more female writers on this show. Like Tony Agrafio only wrote one episode this, I know. this year. I like know. why? It, uh, there are some, but it's about 50-50. Yeah, I'm just really surprised yeah. that that this show wouldn't have more of uh, female representation in the writers' room. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really good point. So then they have sex. I didn't mind it. I will say that, and I mentioned this before, they have an intimacy coordinator on set, mm -hmm. and that the sole purpose is to make those actors comfortable. And um, there was no boob, no boob, mm -hmm. which means have we seen Sophie boob before? I like gloss over that stuff, so. I think so. Have we? I don't know. I think we did in, when they got married, I think that they were both like totally naked. Oh, really? And I think they were probably both uncomfortable. Yeah, well, valid. Then we have Claire and Jamie and they're sitting by the fire and they're talking about their last meals. Mm -hmm. And Claire says what hers would be, which is. Burger fries and a Coke from Jimmy's Chicken Shack or whatever that place was that we saw in the. Yeah. The uh, opening credits, which was kind of like a disappointment because I was like, oh, that means nobody's traveling through time. I know. Obviously, but it was a clever uh, opening credits scene. Yeah. Just a gentle reminder that um, she was enjoying that burger, fries, and a Coke while Jamie was in, I guess, Ardsmere? Probably, yeah. And I know that the 20 year. A rat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know that the 20-year separation was hard for both of them, and there's been times where they've been in fights, and she's like, do you think it was easy for me? And it's like, can we just take a minute to acknowledge that Claire was eating what she will later describe as her favorite meals with manicured fingers. Like, mm -hmm. did you see those nails? And 60s Claire looked great. Yeah. 60s Claire is the best Claire. Yeah, and living like a double-income household with Frank. Oh, yeah. Right? If nothing else, if she wasn't getting other advantages of living with Frank. Right. Um, whilst Jamie was being whipped again mm -hmm. for something that wasn't his fault. Again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, so I just <laughs> I just wanted to point that out because when she was like, you know what my last meal would be? And it's like, Claire, you've made some references to how hard that 20 years was. But like, if we're comparing, like Jamie right. was in a cave. And then yeah, he was I an artist. Like it wasn't. No, it wasn't great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. And then they continue to talk about how no one's coming, and they say a prayer. Mm -hmm. And Jamie starts in French because he fought with French soldiers, and then he does his humble brag. It's like I can I say can... it in Gaelic or English. That's right. He and she's just like English is good. Show off. Yeah. Um. And around this time, when she was snuggling up to his leg, mm -hmm. and they were sadly talking. Um, you started solutioning in, with ideas. Well, first of all, I was like, oh my God, are they going to have sex right now? Because that wouldn't shock me. Well, they start talking like, how many times would you say I've come close to dying? Because right. I'm a cat with nine lives. So they count. After Wentworth, 
after Culloden when Leary tried to kill him when the snake bit him and then his back. So that's five times. I mean, I, I thought that was actually a little light, not to mention all the various wars and gunfights he's been in. Like, yeah. theoretically, he could have died at any time in any of those. Oh, yeah, I know. You know so I, it's, it's but it a low you, number. you started getting, like I said, you started solutioning. Yeah. And part of because you were like, what are they doing? They're just sitting and We're waiting. Sitting and then you had all these different plans. And I said, well, what would you do? And you, one of them involved shimmying down the roof. Why don't you Damn just right. walk, walk the listeners through well, what you would do? Well, you're in the middle of the forest. I don't know if any of you have been in the middle of the forest at night. It's dark. It's real dark. Yeah. Even if there's a moon, uh, it's dark. Yeah. And it's a big house with a giant roof. Yeah. So it's like, what would I do? I'd go upstairs. I would get out a window. It's dark. Nobody's going to see you, no matter if they're down on the ground or not. You shimmy out the window and you slide off a part of the roof that isn't near a door because they're not watching that and then you run into the forest and you find one of your friends that don't exist and yeah. then, and then you come back with a bunch of guns and you kill the assholes or you just keep running that too whatever yeah so, i thought it was a good idea also it so makes too. it makes you seem um very sort of um like a gymnast when you describe what you would do. I mean, if someone is outside of my house shooting the shit out of it with about 35 guns, you would be surprised what I am physically capable <laughs> of. Uh, yeah, like I'll, I'll, I mean, plus I, you know, I was thinking about commando. Over right, do. right, right, right. Then the fisher folk arrive and right. it's led by Mr. Crombie. And Jamie says, that's good that he's here. He won't allow our house to be burned or for them to hang us outside our house. Now, did you recognize that guy? Because Mr. Crombie was the guy that when he gave Jamie yeah, the Bible. Yeah, he's Bible douche, yeah. So, and Claire kind of makes reference to that. She's like, he hasn't been that supportive. And Jamie's like, no, it's good he's here. And what did you think of that? Well, I understood because like what he's saying is like Crombie, much like Tom, you know, thinks you're guilty and doesn't necessarily like us, but they are like law-abiding, God-fearing people. So they're not going to just, you know, those sort of sorts of people, theoretically, mm -hmm. don't just do outwardly evil things like point blank kill people and stuff. Like he would insist on fair treatment. Right. Right. The, and he, this guy convinces Jamie to come out. Yeah. Super dumb. This yeah. You were also very disapproving of that. It's like, You yeah, said you would never have left that house. I would house. never leave that damn house. There was no reason why Jamie had to come out. The house is full of windows and holes. Uh, Bible douche could have just walked close to the window. They could have a nice conversation. Like, never leave your house. It's the only position of power they had. Plus, the dickheads outside had no idea how many people were inside. Oh, yeah, that's they, the other thing you said. You're like, for all they know, yeah. I've got lots of people. Like, as soon as I hear dickhead say, you and anyone else you have in there come out, no way I'm coming out and letting them know there's only two of us. Because the only thing keeping them from coming in is because they think there's like 10 people in there because Jamie's got like 68 guns. So they think there's a lot of people because he keeps firing so fast that it can't just be one person with one gun. It takes a shit ton of time to fill those flintlock musket things. Right. So it's like... They don't he, know what a team they are. He doesn't... Exactly. Or how what sort of arsenal he had in their root cellar. So it's yeah. like... Like, they don't know how many people are in that house. And as soon as you hear that... That's a huge advantage for you. So you're an absolute moron to give that up. Yeah. Which he did. Well, one one little being that is in the house that we didn't talk about is that fact that you do see Adso. Oh, I love that cat. I know you do. And Meryl Davis said they wanted to make sure, like, they had that scene specifically so that people knew that Adso was okay. I mean, like, you don't need to... I, I've We don't have any cats, but I've known enough cats to tell you that if anyone's surviving a gunfight, it's a cat. That cat is getting the heck out of there, and they're fast, and they can... Oh, I was never for a you second... You weren't worried about the cat? No. Okay. That cat's safe. It's going to be in that gigantor house? No. That cat's fine. Shoot me out the damn window. So, Jamie and Claire do leave. They go outside to talk to Mr. Crombie and all the fisher folk who are screaming, witch, she's a witch. Oh, that one blondie in the front is particularly aggressive. Yeah, that's the same one that... Uh, Fergus be, oh, you're beat up right. her husband. You're right, you're right. Yeah. And then at that moment, finally, the Scottish folk arrive. But yeah. Jamie, but like three of them. I know. And Jamie just looks at Claire and says, not enough. Yeah, like, and this was, I got mad again, where it's like, where are all of the people? Like, you can't tell me 
that in all of Jamie's territory, his like they walk back and forth to the Fisher people in like six minutes. Like they're apparently right next door. Like where the hell are all the other people that live there? I don't there? know. Like how but are I there wonder... not like fifty people coming? W- like tons yeah. of people. I wonder if that's why they had that sticks and stones episode though to show that the Frasers were out of favor. There's a big difference between being out of favor and completely abandoning... Yeah, that's true. Like, the people that have basically supported you. Yeah, that's true. Like, remember when they had the... Uh, I can't even remember what it was, like, the tax collection episode? Yeah. And there was, like, four billion people in the house paying them taxes and laughing it up and flirting with Marceline and all that. Like, where the hell were all those people? I don't know. Like, I mean, I know they're maybe not, like, five minutes away, but surely over the course of a day, they can they can get there in force. And, like, the fact that they didn't is just bonkers. Yeah, me. so about six of them arrive. Six. There were there were three. There three were in the three front, Scotches. and then Lizzie is and li- the two Beersley. There's only one Beersley. The other one's been sent away. He's oh, off. Right. And then Mrs. Bug. Like that was it. That's who, oh, that, that was their cavalry. Yeah, oh my gosh! Yeah like, yeah, like are you kidding me? So that's a disappointment. And then Jamie just tells Crombie, "I am not sending her with Brown. Like it's just that's not happening." Right. And then Tom Christie steps up, mm-hmm. and he says he'll make sure that no harm will come to either of them. But Tom looks miserable. Like, what is his play here? He's such a weird character. I mean, his daughter did. For all the shit talk he did about her, it was still his daughter that just got That's true. murdered and her baby cut out of his stomach or her stomach. So, like, he's probably not happy about that. Yeah. So I wrote down what you said, and you've kind of already spoken to this, but the fact that there was only those three people that came, like six people total, you said, where are all the Aboriginal buddies? Where is Lord John Gray? Where are his connections? You said, theoretically... There should be people everywhere. Jamie is a powerful man. He is rich and powerful. And in the last couple of episodes, they have completely disregarded that. Yeah. It's like, and the thing is, is yeah, okay, maybe he's fallen out of favor. But what I can tell you is you people don't abandon rich and powerful people. Yeah. Like they don't, they don't leave those people out to dry because they're their meal ticket. Yeah. Like, like there's no way that this would have. Well, like, like you said, where's his red coat connection? Where's that guy that always sneezed because of that? Yeah, so. there's all like he. They are so rich and wealthy and connected that I just can't believe that like ten Browns could roll up and dominate them for that long. I know. Like maybe for maybe for a little bit, maybe for a couple hours, you know. But then like the party's over. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So Tom says they should have one last night in their own bed. So obviously they have sex. Um, I liked it. The intimacy coordinator now. Mm -hmm. So no nudity again, but there was like, yeah, it was some like, um, warm side humping. Yeah, Yeah. it was, it was nice. The only Mm -hmm. thing I didn't like about it was the weird long shot. Like it shows, like it pulls back as though someone's Mm -hmm. like creepily watching them. Yeah. The ghost of Malva. Oh, you're right. Mm -hmm. She's just like floating around in their, in their house. And then they're stuffed in the wagon. So the next morning, they're just both stuffed in the wagon. Jamie looks so uncomfortable and annoyed. He's playing like more annoyed at the situation. Mm-hmm. You said still has that coat though. Yeah, I know. Because he does oh, look very powerful. Coat, I wasn't sure actually when he got it if that was the same coat. Yes. I thought it was. He has two that you like. It's a great coat. Yeah. They stop. There's conversation. Salisbury won't do for us. The sheriff quit a week ago. We have to continue on to Wilmington because we can't go to Cross Creek because his aunt lives there and Brown doesn't want any favors. Any positive responses. Yeah. Right. Meanwhile, Brown offers Claire food and he is looking over at her so sad. Not Brown. No, sorry, not Brown. Tom. Tom Christie. Yeah. And he's looking over at her and he's so sad. Well, because I truly think that Tom... Tom doesn't think that Claire did it. Like, that's why he's doing this. In my opinion, I, he, he, like, I, I think he thinks Claire is, uh, ungodly and, you know, not uh, like, like not a person that he generally approves of what she says and what she does. But I don't think that he believes she murdered. I think you're right. They've spent so much time together with her mending his wounds. And they went through, they both had the flu at the same time. And she came over to his house just looking awful. And like. So it's like, while he does think that Jamie knocked Malva up and he's opposed to not like, so this is like, he feels like this is an unjust accusation and he's going to make sure that she gets to 
a fair trial. Maybe, yeah. Also, I think he might have a crush on her. Maybe also he might have a crush on her. I'm not sure. but Because there was that weird scene where Jamie looks over and like he notices how Tom is sadly looking at Claire. Yeah. And then there was that scene later on where Tom's like listening to Jamie and Claire's interaction as they're like taking care of each other after being... Like yeah. he's like, he listens and then he walks away. Like, is he jealous of their relationship? Probably. Also, he like, like he doesn't want to be their friend. Like he just dislikes Jamie so much that he couldn't possibly, I don't know. I don't, he's a weird duck. I will say I was thrown off by how far away Wilmington was. Like at one point, Jamie tells Claire it's about 10 more days. And there was an episode in season four the one where Claire was left alone at the cabin forever and Jamie went to Wilmington and came back. Yeah, this show like, loves to do like inexplicable is, well, time and distance jumps. Yeah, and like Wilmington, that's where they were with Lord John and Jocasta. Wasn't that Wilmington? I thought so. Yeah, where they where they did the whole thing where the they attacked the printers and stuff like that. Yeah, that was Wilmington. I thought it was. Yeah. So why is Claire like, how far away is it? And he's like, about 10 more days. It's like, like what? But they did that last year too. Remember with that, the episode where... The fake time travel? Yeah, the fake yeah. time travel episode where suddenly there were 8 million miles. Of, like, I don't know. There was some weird like distance fuckery in that episode too. Yeah. Really, I can't remember. But anyway, they love that shit. So they go through a little sort of campground looking city and everyone is really tired. Tom Christie is about to fall off his horse and they start throwing rocks at them. And Claire gets hit right in the head with a oh, rock. Oh yeah, well it's because Brown's dick bags are like riling everyone up. Yeah. And then like also like who are these people that just start throwing like, rocks throwing at two rocks people at... in a buggy? No, they started throwing rocks at everybody. Like Brown got hit with a rock. Like like <laughs> is sure this, this is like the that. shittiest village <laughs> ever. Like this is just like assholeville usa like is everyone a dick bag and like what's i don't understand That's like so funny you're how right how did it turn into a, just a giant rock fight also where did they get all those rocks suddenly like do they just have them like buckets of rocks to throw at people as they come through their town like it was, it was it was nonsensical they threw a lot of rocks they like did. they had a lot like they live in an old like it's like a farm like like where are all these rocks coming from i don't big know. rocks too they, like like and they all are very good throwers like this is like some sort of like they didn't rock miss once throwing training ground yeah. or something they went through like some i don't understand i don't either you know who else um was overwhelmed by it was tom christie because mm -hmm. he was so upset he was screaming like yeah. this is injustice which actually speaks to what you had said about like how that's why yeah. he's doing this because there's justice and it's injustice to hit her in the head with yeah. a rock when she hasn't had a fair trial. Yeah, and he's yelling, like, brown, control yeah, your men. Yeah, get hold of your men. And it's not even his men, though. Like, it's all the assholes in this little shithole village that are throwing their infinite rocks it's at It's so chaotic. Jamie is trying to, like, he, like, throws himself over Claire. Yeah. She punches someone. People start trying to get in the car. Like, what are they going to do? Like, <laughs> dismember? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Is, they, is this, like, a lion's den full of rocks? Like, what? where are they all of a sudden? Like... But you were, you actually were like, oh my God, they never should have left that house. Yeah, they're so stupid. They're so dumb. Like at one point, somebody should have turned to the other one and been like, why did we leave that fucking house? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, at least we had our glass food and our cat. Like, you know. So we go right from that to Roger and Bree having to stop because there's a bunch of cows crossing. Right. And like, you again. said, why? Would I want to see Roger and Brianna's cow crossing adventure? Exactly. Like, why do we go from the stoning of all time to like, yeah, like the cows crossing the street? Like, it's such a nonsensical story jump. Like, like way to take all that tension and action that you just set up as ridiculous as it was. And then you just totally pop, pop the balloon. It's yeah. like, oh, look, it's cows. Yeah. Jemmy has lice, so they have oh, to shave Jemmy's <laughs> lice. That's right. So they have to shave his head and you couldn't figure out what was going on, but essentially they learn he's got it's almost like a little dent or something. It's a hereditary thing on the side of his head that Roger has too. So now it's confirmation that he is Roger's. Yay. Yay. And then as you said, now, back to people getting cut in the head with rocks. That's right. And we have Claire and Jamie tending to their wounds. Um, this is where Tom Christie overhears. Jamie goes to pee mm -hmm. and he sees Ian. That's right. Who says, say the word and we'll all come out. 
And Jamie says, not yet. And he turns to walk back. And you were like, he didn't pee. Yeah, yeah that's all I could think of. was like, he went out and he went to pee. He obviously had to pee. He didn't know Ian was there. And then he didn't pee. Like, what's going to happen? Like, the guy brought you out to pee. I know, like, five minutes later when you're like, sorry, I have to go. I have to go be like, no, you just like, went. Yeah, what are you going to do? Just going to pee in the pee in the cart? Like, yeah. come on. That's... Come on, Jake. I feel like you're out there already. Just pee. Yeah, that there's also a scene where it shows a mouse eating off a plate, and I'm like, also weird. Where is that plate? And why is the mouse cut? It really was. I mean, they they went through the shot, and they like wanted whoever was the director was like, we got to get that mouse shot in there somewhere. We got to get in. And the editor's like, really? And they're like, yeah, like that mouse shot's got to get. And they're like, okay, but where is the mouse? Doesn't matter. Just show show that that somewhere. In this like, time, like yeah. in the corner yeah. of a house, what house doesn't matter. Like, we paid $65,000 to rent Louis the Trained Mouse. We're right. fucking showing him. Yeah. Great. So a mouse somewhere is eating. That's right. Claire wakes up. Claire sleeps a lot in stressful situations. It's true. She slept in the shot up house. Yep. She is sleeping in the prison in the rock prison cutting buggy. cart. Yeah. And she wakes yeah. up and Jamie's just sitting there looking. Jamie don't sleep. Looking out of the buggy. Yeah. He never sleeps. Anytime she sleeps, he doesn't. Like, this man does not sleep. Which I think is a theme in the book, actually. I remember reading the book, and it was when I was on mat leave, so I wasn't sleeping very much. And I was like, these guys do not sleep a lot. Like, they have a lot of nights where they are both awake a lot. I mean, not counting a lot of this season, they're in a lot of situations where it is prudent to not sleep. Yeah. So they stop to get a drink. They tell him to come out and get one. Did you know already this was fishy? Or were you worried when oh, they were like... Oh, 100% this was fishy. Oh, you did? Oh, of course. Yeah. What are you? This is like such a setup. Like, for real. No, only you can come out. You stay in the cart. It's Indiana Jones. It's when they, when they lure into the truck and then drive away. Come on. Well, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So they drive away. They knock him out. And Claire is left alone. That's right. And Brown is, like, it's not a good situation for her. Two men are holding her down. Brown is berating her, talking about how she should die. And then Tom comes up and she screams, Tom! And he says, I won't let you out of my sight. Tom's not looking good, by the way. So he doesn't look good, but also, because she's like, you need to be with Jamie. And he's like, no, I'm staying here. Because he knows she's in a precarious situation. But again, like, I guess this is just his righteousness, right? And she's his friend. Like, they are kind of friends. Yeah. He, he's not there for Jamie. He doesn't give a shit what happens to Jamie. Yeah. He is there for Claire. In fact, he's sort of like reverse Malva, where it's like, if Jamie were to die, Tom probably wouldn't mind that much. Because he, oh, he, he could never handle Claire. No, but His he, last wife, he probably beat. He took away all her books. But he he would, like... I think he would still try. Do you think he would? I do think he would still try somehow. In some weird churchy way, he would try. And he would, like, get, like, rebuffed. But he, and then he would be sad. But, like, I do think he would try. Um, he would try and make Claire into a God-fearing woman. That would, that would not work out for him. Claire fears no God. So you pointed out... That if young Ian was watching all this, he could have some agency. At any time. You were annoyed that this that Claire was left in a situation where she was with Brown, two buffoons, and Tom Christie, who is looking rough and exhausted, yeah. but staying with her. Yeah. But she's like, she says, he was right. Without Tom, I was dead. Especially at the end, not to jump ahead, when we found out who uh, Ian is actually with. Like, I that's know. that's when I, I got even, like, retrospectively matter. Because it's not like he was with a bunch of lackeys. He was with the Cherokee chief and, like, some serious warriors. They could have come in at any time and cleaned up. And John Quincy. And JQR. Or JQ, JQM, sorry. JQM. Yeah. Rolo. It's got to be there somewhere. Yeah. Like, he had, he had a, he yeah, had a hit squad. Like, it was, he wasn't fucking around. It was an interesting play on his part to follow Jamie. Mm-hmm. And not Claire. Because if he had gone with Claire, well, those the- guys could have killed. Theoretically, they would have split off into two groups. And there was a group following You're just spitballing Claire. here. Lots of options. Yeah, Lots knows? of options. Because there were a lot of Cherokee. And they all had guns. Remember? Jamie gave them to him. Another group of people that could have helped at any time. Yeah. Yeah. It was an interesting play mm-hmm. to just all of them. Follow Jamie. Well, we don't know. There might have been other ones following Claire, but none of them helped until it was 
absolutely like they let jamie get beat to hell on a pole first like they were like the absolute zero hour well claire arrives in wilmington yes she does and you were like where's lord john gray where is john where is he why isn't he here he might not be there though because i was thinking about this after they are they did make a point of showing that like the revolution viva la revolution has begun maybe john gray fucked off i don't know like maybe maybe they've gotten out of there uh, also, where's like Cuckoo Bird prison guy? I know. Time traveling Wendigo. Like he was in that prison, wasn't he? I thought so. But then it yeah. looked like there was only women in that prison, maybe? Maybe it's a prison for girls. Yeah, I don't but know. they they put her in the cell and Tom Christie is right beside her and he goes to hand her the doctor bag and they won't let yeah. they won't let her. And then they walk away and he hands her a bag of money. Well, after Tom sees Brown bribe the prison guard. Oh, I didn't notice that. What happened? Yeah. Brown went and talked to the the prison guard and because he's like, can, can I talk to you first? And no, he didn't speak. He doesn't no, have that accent. I can't remember it? his accent. Shitty, mean guy accent. Mm-hmm. Oh, can I talk to you for a second? Like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And then he took him and uh, he like was talking to him and he handed him like a little money purse. And wow. then Tom. And then handed... Tom saw and then Tom gave Claire a money purse. And so said, can for do your maintenance. Dueling money purses. That's right. And then he said, um... Rest assured, I will not leave Wilmington. And he touched her hand. Mm-hmm. He loves her. I mean, he cares about her. He cares about her for sure. He cares I don't know. about her for enough that he doesn't want to leave. He's very nervous about her. He should be. She's <laughs> right fucked. Um, like, yeah. So, but, but he, yeah, he definitely cares for her. And I think as much, he may not, I don't know if he's in love with her or not, but he is like a very pious righteous guy and if he thinks this is wrong he will he it's his job you know, like, as a good human to, yeah, like yeah. we saw when he wouldn't take you know when he just like recited prayers instead of taking you know anesthetic when he got his hand ripped open like he yeah, he's determined his, his determination to do what he thinks is right is as strong as jamie's abs oh wow very strong apparently very strong yeah that's right have we ja- seen Jamie's abs? We must have at some point. I think I think we've seen them. Like he's always lying with no we shirt on at have. night with his glasses and no shirt. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I assume they're good. I don't know. So Jamie is then tied to a log. And he is. you said yeah. they have this like really dramatic scene. The other thing is where do they get like an upright pole in the middle of a beach? Like do those, do they just like, he was like tied to a stake. Like a like a well, like a okay. fence post, it's but it was in the middle of a of a beach. Yeah, but then I was like, "Is that what they use?" Remember how with Stephen Bonnet, they tied him to one of those, and that way the death is you have to wait for the tide to come oh, in and drown you. Maybe. So when they first tied Jamie, I'm like, "Are they gonna drown him?" But then, but then they're like, "We're putting you on a ship yeah, to Scotland." Yeah, weird. Which, some random dirty bird boat captain. That's like, which is like, is it that bad of an idea? Maybe to head to Scotland? Like, by the way, jump out of the boat like Claire did, and Jamie wouldn't have made it to Scotland. I know. And then the guy gets shot, and then you see, you see Yagia dramatically, yeah, replace the arrow, and you were like, "Take your time, Ian. Line it up." Yeah, it's like, what are you just like? Why are we making a show of this? Get it done, Ian. Like, yeah. it, so. And then they all come around. John Quincy gets a line. Oh, and just... again, guys, where has he been? It's a waste of character. It is a waste of character. And then they're just about to kill the guy. And Jamie says, don't. He knows where Claire is. And young Ian says, so do we, uncle. And they shoot him through the hand and into the eye. Yeah. Chief dude does it. Do you like that scene? I mean, it was somewhat satisfying because that guy was a douche. But, uh, but yeah, it was like, it was a little melodramatic. And then they show like this weird, like chariots of fire riding shot. Final the, shot. The final the shot on the beach. You counted. Yeah. You were like, one, two, three, four, five, six. Why only six? Yeah. Again, it's like, why? Oh, Jamie is in trouble and being attacked by those people. Let's bring six guys. Like. You got a whole bunch of guys. Bring all the guys. Yeah, you were like, like bear killer friend yeah. is the head of a whole clan of dudes. Yeah, like, he's the guy that gives you guns. Like, you need to save his ass. And guys, like, we'll always be your friend, bear killer. It's like bring more dudes. Bring all the dudes. Yeah. Like, why are there only six guys? It's it's dumb. 
there they are and they're running along the beach it's a cool drone shot mm. cut to black <gasps> la gasp yeah final episode what could possibly happen in next season possibly the final season well there's going to be 16 episodes really or 12 maybe oh, 12 God. maybe You're 12 joking. no 12 because they no i don't know 16 i feel like episodes? i read 16 that might be inaccurate Son don't quote me bitch. it'll be great we'll have so much fun oh my god so what would you say is the best scene oh of this episode i mean i think the best scene was the commando gunfight i think so too i mean it was a really good actiony scene yeah it was it was good yeah it was really good it was tense it looked good too you know the the effects were good it, it looked like they were in a house that were get, that was getting shot to shit yeah um worst scene uh i mean any scene with roger and brianna i know like they were not good scenes but also they were just such awful scenes to put in this episode that yeah it made, made no sense okay mvp y you know sorry to go back to that for a second like show me young ian and the cherokee show me something show me like like show me people trying to find them like show me how other people are reacting to this very important thing that's happening like that should be your b story i agree show you know like don't go to roger and brianna Go to Beardsley and Three Way trying to find help, or go to Mrs. Bug running through the forest trying to find anybody. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like like show me like that's what this should be. Like, there's this terrible moment that's happening. You know, it would be terrible for them as people that live on the the fridge and like, but show me like how people are reacting to this moment. Like they're they blew the shit out of their house. And then they took the your two leaders, essentially, threw them in the back of a cart and are driving them to hell and gone through stone-throwing villages and rapey camps and all kinds of stuff. Like, I want to see everyone else losing their shit trying to find them. Yeah. Like, what's where is that? That's captivating television. Like, like the, show Ian getting, right. getting like, friends. Like, in earlier seasons, the B story here would have been like... Um, Oh my God, why can't I remember their names? Rupert and Angus. Yeah. You know, or something. Like, it would have been, like... Or, or Murtaugh, you know? Like, yeah. like trying to, to find them. Or, you know, like... Like, that's what I want to see here. Like, keep the tension going. You can have two tense storylines. You know, the... the What's happening to them. And then the, you know, the, the reactionary storyline. The chase. Yeah. Like, don't give me this bullshit cow crossing the road thing. It just kills the whole episode. Kills yeah. all your momentum. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, I agree. The Roger and Brianna storyline was a mistake, for sure. Yeah. MVP. Um, interestingly enough, I'm going to pick Lionel Brown. The guy what? That, yeah, I know. I know. Um, he is... You, in, a, in, a, in a show like this, you know, I've, I've always said, you know, this show has been lacking um, bad guys. Mm-hmm. They had uh, Black Jack Randall, mm -hmm. and then they switched to Stephen Bonnet. But now it's like Lionel Brown is now a bad guy. He's not at their level yet, but it's like when he's on screen, you know that there is danger. Yeah, you which, really do. Which they haven't had. And he, that actor who I believe you said is Maggie Smith's son, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's either him or the other Brown. No, I think it's got to be him. He looks like Dame Maggie for sure. Okay. That's what we call each other. Um, he, but he just like projects e like evil. Even when he's being nice, mm -hmm. he projects evil. I agree. He projects untrustworthy. He projects someone that will, you know, kind of like, uh, even though we've never actually seen it, much like Blackjack, you just get that um, he has like an aura of violence. I agree. Where like at any time you feel like it could get violent. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that is, that's a great bad guy. Mm -hmm. And so I think, I think without having that presence, this episode doesn't work as well. So my MVP is Tom Christie. That's Just fair. because I watched this episode twice and both times, whenever it was his scene, I couldn't take my eyes off him. And I was so like confused and like, what's he doing? What's he thinking? Like he, he 
it was magnetic. Like he was that he's such a strange little man. He's playing it like really, really well. Um, yeah, he would be my MVP. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, yeah, this is that is the the two things that this show excels at, and they did it again this season for all its failings. Uh, is they excel at production design. Yeah, great, incredible so production design. Amazing in this show. costume design. Costumes, production, yeah. and then um, the casting of secondary characters. Yeah, I don't think a lot of their like the two leads are the two leads. Katrina Balfe, Balfe's obviously great. Sam Hewen, yeah. He's, he was really good in this he, episode. He is he is the role now, yeah. right? So, like, he is Jamie Frazier mm-hmm. for this show now. So it's, like, good good acting, bad acting, whatever. Like, he just is... He's been doing it so long, like, that's just who he is. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't love a lot of the secondary leads. Roger, Brianna, I hate mm. Fergus, like Marceline. But, you know, like, but, but these, like, secondary characters they bring in... Oh, yeah, because they didn't mess up with Malva either. Malva was <laughs> dynamite. Yeah. Uh... Tom Christie, uh, Dynamite, the guy that, Alan Christie, the guy that played Alan Christie, it's like, that guy, I hated that character, but yeah. that's, but kudos on that actor. He's such because, a shrivelly little... And, and like, he plays grief well, like, he was convincingly, overwhelmingly grief-stricken, like, like he played it well. Uh, you know, he, I didn't dislike the role or the performance, I disliked the character, and that's, that's a compliment yeah. to his acting uh brown was a really good secondary character this season and both like, browns lionel and yeah yeah, yeah the other brown yeah dead brown he was uh he was really great lizzie's too, so. good too i <laughs> uh, can't handle lizzie the beardsleys so suck. that's why it's such a shame that you know for a series that did such a good job and i strongly disagree with you when you say that you don't like Roger or Fergus, because both of those actors are oh. very strong. Marsley's obviously amazing too. Um, but as our fans know, that's why it's such a kick in the teeth that they cast Sophie Skelton. Like that's, it's such a shame. It's not getting any better. Here's, it's not, here's what I'll tell you. You started honing in on the secondary characters. I remember the moment it was when Jay Frey was, um, working as I think an indentured servant in that house and he there was that English girl who lived there and she he bribed him into having sex and that's how he ended up with William yeah. and you oh they had great chemistry I remember you like their chemistry you yeah, really like mom right? yeah, her, yeah you well she died in in Still the next mom. episode yeah. or that episode even um but or maybe I can't remember how many episodes she was in but she, she was did she get Lady Sybil she, yeah, yeah, she died in childbirth. Yeah. So, but she was so good. And I remember you saying like, you know what? I could see it working out for them. Like, I think it would have. <laughs> all things yeah. considered, I think they would have, uh, Jamie would have been better off if they just would have hooked up. Oh my, oh my gosh. That's, I think it would have been better that, for everybody. You can't. I think it would have been what about for, for Claire when she returned? I think it would have been better for Claire. I think Claire should have just stuck around, become, became, she did be- become, but continued to be, how about that, a very successful doctor. And living just like, in the future, not oh, getting uh, stoned or raped or all that kind of stuff. I think Roger and Brianna would have been a lot happier. They still could have had Jemmy. No, um, but you're ignoring the fact that Claire came back to see Jamie. No, I, I know. I've so wa- she would have come back and he show. would have been like married. Well, she would have then just turned around and gone home. It's not easy. It's not easy to travel Go the stones, home. and I wish the show would focus on that. It seems pretty easy. It it's not. It easy. takes a lot out of your body. Claire doesn't think she can do it again. I think Claire could do it again. Yeah. So Anyways, maybe she will. Maybe she will. I don't think I thought so. Thought she did. Maybe this episode. But... I know why that had to have been like at least a little bit of a thought at some point. Yeah. Like, what if I just find some stones? How many? Yeah. Like, how many times in these situations I would be thinking about it all the time. But then, Jeffrey, he can't go through the stones. Oh, it's a damn shame. He is. He'd be fine. Such an anchor weight in that way, like because all of the rest of them, yeah. Jemmy, Claire, all of them, Roger, Am- everyone, Mrs. Bug probably can fucking go through those stones. Seems like anybody can go through the damn stones, no, but no. Jeffrey. Anyways, that's the episode, guys, and that's, that's the season. The season, so but it's been a lot of fun. It's been a bit of a rocky road at times, but... Uh, and I feel the fact that Meryl Davis acknowledged it was a scramble. Mm-hmm. Um, 
leaves us with a positive feeling because it does means it, it mm. does it uh, because it means that the next season's going to be better. Okay. It will be better. Now they've oh. all had COVID, so they've <laughs> got a little natural immunity. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could get a little natural immunity to this show. I don't think that that's enough. I don't think um, Buffy's going to have another baby. Probably, maybe. Who knows? So I think we're in good shape for season seven. We'll see. I think it's going to be great. Well, we will see. But if you want to tell us how you felt about this episode, this season, or have any random thoughts about all the dumb shit I say on this podcast, please feel free to write us at loinlander at gmail.com. Uh, Loinlander Facebook group? Yeah. On the Facebook? No, it's not called Loinlander Facebook group. It's called... Loinlander Podcast Group? Yeah. There it is. On the Facebook. Or uh, Twitter at Loinlander. We never checked that, but you can tweet us anyway. Um, anyway, that is it. That is another season of Loinlander. I hope you have a great Droughtlander, and we will talk to you again someday. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.